0: everybody. We're back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to give you more knowledge, more information, and more love. I say it every time. I'm going to keep saying it. We're going to continually give you love. I hope you guys are having a very happy holidays. I did an incredible Santa Claus Christmas episode with the one and only Bryn Anderson, another Anderson, coincidentally, And uh, because we have incredible Anderson coming on today, a different Anderson. And now we're here at the end of the year. This episode will debut December 31st, 2020. Now we're here and we're going to talk about predictions for 2021. But first, but first, before we go into the predictions, before we meet this incredible woman named Natalie Lucy Anderson, she's amazing. She's an Anderson. She has to be good. We love Andersons. Um, My children are Andersons. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram. At midnight, underscore on, underscore earth. Go there. Follow us, please. At midnight, underscore on, underscore earth. The more people that follow us, the more this information gets out, the more the guests, these wonderful guests that we have, what they're, generously giving us is sent out to more people around the world. Please follow us. So then it goes on your feed and other people see it that like you because you're cool. Obviously you're here. You're cool. Go to Spotify, follow us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, anywhere that you actually listen to your favorite podcasts. Feel free to hit the follow button like, or whatever they have there for you. And the biggest thing, tell a friend people that you know, that love podcasts, that love podcasts that touch on these subjects. Tell them they need to know, get them over here, make our audience bigger. The more people that we have, it's like an energy feedback loop. It's just bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're changing the world because all of this information is positive. It's all loving. It's all here to make you a better person. It's here to make me a better person. And it's here to make all of us better people and the world, a better place. so, midnightonearth.com, tell a friend. And (laughs) now that we got that out of the way, I would like to introduce you to an amazing woman. Her name is Natalie Lucia Anderson. She is a psychic medium, animal communicator. Natalie Lucia is a certified and advanced psychic medium residing in Suffern, New York. She's certified through the Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development. Natalie enjoys her time with her family, including her lovable dogs and cats, and she loves to laugh and smile as much as possible as she believes that laughter truly is the best medicine. We love comedy here. We talk about that. When spending time with Natalie, you'll see how she truly finds spirituality and mediumship and honor and vocation. Her goal is to help those experiencing grief and loss to find happiness and laughter again. Wow. Wow. Natalie, thank you so much for joining us. We're really honored to have you you here.
1: Thank you for having me here. I'm very excited. (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, thank you for, you know, we're in different time zones. I'm here in Portland, Oregon. You're in Suffern, New York. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening. It's still afternoon here, evening to be a part of this uh, show. I, I really appreciate it.
1: I am, I'm so excited for this opportunity. I just, I, any way that I could share what I do with others is like a blessing for me.
0: Right. Service. We're all service oriented. Mm-hmm. Money can be the byproduct product of the service. We talk about this on the show all the time, but your goal is the service and that could make you very wealthy, even opulent. That's okay. It's all about where your energy is the service, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yes. absolutely. And people hesitate so much to talk about money
1: and I'm like, Why? If you don't talk about it and don't acknowledge the great the gratitude you have for it, how are you going to receive it?
0: Exactly. Well, I often tell people, if you can't say you love money, how is it going to come to you? You just don't lust after money. You, you don't, we, we hate greed. We, we don't like greed. We don't like coveting. We don't like lust. But money's just a neutral energy. And you want it to come to you so you can mm-hmm. do good things. It, it, it's all resonant uh, frequencies. You know this stuff. We know this stuff. The audience at yeah, Midnight on Earth, I'm sure they're aware of some of this stuff as well.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's not a dirty word.
0: No, definitely not. Mind,
1: it's not a dirty
0: word. It's neutral energy. It's charged by the person that's using it. You can use it for incredibly good things or incredibly mm-hmm. bad things. It's really takes on the intention of the user. It does. Absolutely. And think about if all the conscious people, all the spiritual people, the loving people that want to unite the world had all the monetary resources to execute some of those things. Like that's really what we should be going for. A lot of our spiritual culture has this tendency to kind of walk away from money or see money as something negative. But then they want to do all these good things that are beyond their physical form more than they can just do with one person. But they have to switch their frequency. So then they, when they realize that they need that that money to, in order to help the people, that's when you step above that. That's when you rise above that.
1: Yeah. You know, and, we, and it's
0: amazing
1: how when you shift your whole view, how money comes in and you're able to accomplish, even if it's just a little bit, it's more than what it was before.
0: Right. It's and abundance. Abundance versus scarcity. When you realize exactly. that- Everything is made out of God, whatever that is to you. You know the mystery, the great mystery. Everything, and then every so everything is infinite. So you're never going to run mm-hmm. out of things. So you just decide what you want to do, and then attract the things that you need to make that happen. We could talk about yeah, this yeah. Stuff all day. Maybe we should do a two part so podcast. No, it's okay. Coincidentally, we did an episode on coincidences and synchronicities a few episodes back. Coincidentally, we have an incredible guest. Her name is Boom Shika, and she's from the Millionaire Hippie podcast. She's on the slate to come on the show in January, and we're going to talk a lot about abundance and prosperity. Oh my God. Yeah, so tune in. Good. You know, maybe you can. Yes. Uh, oh, I
1: definitely will. I definitely will because I love that. It's also good reminders. You know, those of us who are educated or versed in it and know it, we still need those reminders because we fall into our human self of making mistakes.
0: Yeah, that's right and you need those affirmations from other people especially when it's a kind of a not common frame of thinking so you mm-hmm. and then when you meet people that are like oh they're spiritual and understand abundance like then you're like oh wow okay it helps strengthen you like okay there is other people out there but you know with the internet it connects people so well like how we connect it you know and uh, yeah, I, it's all out there for cool. people it is <laughs> i want to hear your story i want to hear your story i want to hear what led you, you, you do psychic connections with the deceased. You do psychic connections with deceased pets, pets and you're also, not pets, you're loving pets. Uh, and also you're an intuitive prediction expert. So you have these skills. So how did this all begin? What is the genesis of all this?
1: So as a child, I would always have these visions or see things. And I just thought that it was the trees outside my window making shadows, things like that. And as a teenager, I shut it down. And then when I was pregnant with my middle child, uh, unfortunately, one of my students was murdered. And I knew, God, this was not a good thing. Where was she? This was not a good thing. And she came to me in my dreams and she said, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for you to finally admit to what your abilities are, but we need you. And I'm a special education teacher. And she said, you know, you always told us that we could always achieve what we wanted to. We just had to work a little harder. And she said to me, what are you scared of? And that was a rude awakening for me. So I accepted the challenge and I used a little excuse of what we like to use. Well, you know what, if this is really meant to be, then put the people in front of me that could teach me and open me up thinking that like, you know, well, I didn't give up, you know, I tried, nobody was there. And literally, amazing people started to come in front of me, that would open me up to Reiki and healing and communication and just one person after another. And I just started to evolve and see that this was igniting my soul. Not that teaching didn't. But working with people and working with people both here and past and animals, both here and past and helping people to see things really ignited me and made me feel whole because I never felt whole before.
0: So it really, beyond your service of helping special education students in the school system, you even broaden that. Now you're, you're expanding that help by going into the other dimensions to interact with these beings. And you knew you had this gift because why was that? Was it, would you feel things? Would you hear kind of whispers or intuitive things? What were some of the signals?
1: I would see things. I would just know things. I would hear things and I would tell myself, oh, there's no way, Natalie. There's no way, you know? And I would also, which a lot of people don't say this, I would listen to my mother when she told me not to go somewhere or do something. And most teenagers or kids my age would still want to go get in that car with that person or go to the mall for that day. And I would just listen because I just knew I felt it. Something was not right. I was not meant to be there. And I have to say that I did um, miss out on some tragedies that occurred around me because I was not there.
0: So you had intuitive so, hunches and that was one of okay. your first kind of interface points with your sixth sense skills is this, you were in these experiences. Maybe you would have got hurt, but you felt something, told you to stay, you followed that and then you, they kept you away. And that actually it probably is like an affirmation, right? You, you get affirmed by that. And yes. then, yeah. so, so then when oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: And I, when I didn't listen, <laughs> there would be a a harsh lesson learned and that lesson (laughs) might have taken years. But when I didn't listen, I definitely learned and was opened up to other things. So, you know, a lot of times, a lot of us have these psychic gifts and we're told things or or know things and we choose because we have free will. We choose not to listen and you learn.
0: Right. And that in a way is like an affirmation that cause some pain in a way because you didn't listen to your intuition and yet the outcome was what your intuition kinda of told you was going to happen. So you still learn from it. You still gain, you still get a little good from it and it kind of corrects you on your path to make you even better. Helps you yeah, You learn from every
1: life experience. you learn from life life You You learn from single single life whether whether it's good, ugly, whatever whatever it is. life life you you learn So
0: you you a student that a student that was you said that was murdered, right? Yeah. yeah and then you felt that student spirit at some point can you tell me about that yep.
1: she came to me um, in a dream because when we're when we're dreaming our conscious mind kind of goes to sleep and gets out of our way to tell us everything that you know we're doing wrong it finally takes a rest at that time when we're sleeping and uh, she came to me in a dream and she said you know what is it going to take to get you to finally acknowledge what you had, you know, and just hearing her say that, and it was her sassy way because she's not, it wasn't all butterflies and, and rainbows with her. You know, she was, you know, a troubled child, you know, she was my handful, you know, she was my, my tornado in the classroom, but we were very close. And she came in with that same sassy real. I mean, I had a visitation with her. I got to see that even though her, death was so traumatic and tragic and and horrific. I got to see her whole again. I got to see her spirit.
0: And you know, there's something else.
1: And I knew like it was, it was like, wow, wait a minute. I always knew, but I never knew. And I felt it like you just, it was just different. It was, it was something that when I woke up, I wasn't scared. I woke up and I was in awe of what that experience was I just had.
0: So then, and how I does could, this uh, how does this propel you further into your psychic development? So now you've got some serious, uh, you know, experience behind you to affirm where you're at, and then where do you go from there?
1: I said, put somebody in front of me, and I oh, was right. on Facebook, yes. and I was on Facebook, and like in New Jersey, there's this school that says Montclair Psychic School, and she, you know, here's a psychic class that you could take, an animal communication class. And driving there, I couldn't find a parking spot. I called my best friend and I said, guess what? I'm going to turn around and go home because I can't park. This is ridiculous. I just, I can't, I don't belong here. And she said to me, she's like, if you don't park your car wherever it needs to park right now, when you get back home, I'm going to put you in my car and drive you right back down there and toss you into that school. <laughs> you know." And, and thank God she did because... It was one of those things that it opened me up to, I, I remember standing in front of the class after a, a training, an intense training, and giving a reading, and my teacher at the time looking at me and saying, Natalie, are you a medium? And the way she said it, I believed her. She wasn't asking a question. She was stating to me, wanting me to say, yes, I am. And I never had that experience in school. I never had a teacher that supported me or lifted me up, or made me feel good. I never had that. So to have someone ask me a question in a way that was more of a statement really opened me up to, wow, I'm
0: home. So she you know, really home. kind of read your frequency and was able to determine Shit. right away that you're a medium because of your vibe, so to speak, and uh, determine that. And she knew right away. And here you are you know, years later. So then, so you graduate from this program. You feel like you, you recommend this program to everyone out there if they're interested in becoming a psychic? Any
1: beginner, any beginner. I would absolutely.
0: And this is the Lisa Lisa. Williams International School of Spiritual Development?
1: No, Lisa came afterwards. Oh, Lisa came afterwards. Okay. Lisa Williams came afterwards, which um, is a phenomenal program. I was already a psychic medium, had confidence issues, really didn't want to let anybody down. The worst feeling that you could have as a medium or a psychic is to not give someone what they need, not what they want. There's a the difference. I'm not ever going to give somebody what they want, but I always want to give them what they need. And um, Lisa Williams had this intense program where at the end of the program, you're blind tested. And you have to do, I don't know, it was like 25 readings in a certain period of time. And the people who are all strangers, um, they they grade you. And as you're giving them the reading, you get nothing back. Not a smile, not a wink, not a yes, nothing. So you have to 100% believe in and surrender to spirit and in the end when they collect all of the data of what you've done and they see they decide whether or not you've passed (laughs) and you don't find out for weeks later so you're sweating for (laughs) weeks you know like was, and you get in your head oh my god what if i was terrible what if i was wrong what if you know and i passed and that really allowed me to see all the work that i've done that the only one who's stopping me from achieving what my dream is is myself.
0: Isn't that amazing? We have so much potential as humans and you were we able do. that that sounds like a very rigorous test i mean you have these people yeah. that are not expressing any emotion you know you're doing all these readings where you like you sound, you have to completely surrender because you're you kind of almost be guy and you know better than me but it seems like you would have to be like well this is going to work or it's not i'm either a medium or i'm not a medium because i can't like exactly. i can't fake it because there's too much going on so you just you either have to you put out was authentic and then you know at the end and then at the end they were like oh yeah definitely do you get like a plaque in the mail or what, what did you get? <laughs>
1: no, You don't get a plaque in the mail. You get a, you know, you get, you get little like a, her, her brands that you could add to your work and stuff like that, nice. which shows you've been put through this, but it's really, it was for me. It was that, that, that years of, of people telling me that I wasn't good enough. It was me proving to myself, stop listening to what everybody else says.
0: Well, I've yeah. often found that the, this most, special people the most gifted people are often the ones that have problems with social issues and and maybe being bullied or things like that is because other people are sensitive we're all sensitive to each other's energy but they're sensitive to the fact that you're operating in a higher frequency so and then there's some kind of envy some kind of jealousy who knows how that manifests but it seems that way
1: No, it does. And I I can tell you that all mediums that I've met have experienced trauma in their life in some manner. And I feel like the trauma is usually what ignites their acknowledgement of what they can do is what I found. So there's a lot, I could say probably a good 85 to 90% of mediums that I work with before they were awakened to experience some sort of trauma.
0: That's a really interesting correlation because it makes you wonder if it somehow kicks your spirit into another dimension to where you're outside yourself more than the average person that hasn't necessarily experienced that trauma. It's really interesting. Uh, It is. So here you are now you're doing your practice. How many deceased people do you feel like you've contacted for clients at this point?
1: Oh gosh. I don't even know. I couldn't even give you a number. I'm sorry. I don't even
0: know. <laughs> No, it's fine. I, I mean... I, I'm an algebra teacher.
1: I teach algebra. <laughs> I can't give you a number. Is that bad?
0: <laughs> and So, okay, how about this? Tell me the ratio of humans to pets that you do. Is it like half and half, oh, half pets, half yeah. humans?
1: Um, it, You know what's funny is it depends on the time of year. Okay. It really does. You will find that this time of year... It's it's probably right now probably like seventy to seventy five percent humans and the rest is pets. Okay. You, you know it's like kind of, you know like that kind of thing and then um in the spring in the summertime people who have lost their pets you know the weather changes the environment changes you want to be outside you start doing things and all of a sudden they miss that dog that they used to walk or that horse that they used to uh... ride or that bird. And all of a sudden now they start to contact so that it kind of flip-flops.
0: Interesting. In and it's all different types of pets. I mean, have you done iguanas? Uh
1: I've done iguanas. I've <laughs> done, you know what? You're not gonna believe this. This was this is like my favorite story to tell. Well, oh, let's see. I had pre-COVID, pre-COVID, I had um a group in my home, a private group in my home, and I'm giving readings, and I say to this woman, I say, gosh, I feel really weird right now. But I have Katie here, but I feel like a person, but I don't feel like a person. I hate saying this. It sounds terrible. And she said, Katie was my orangutan. I used to rescue orangutans. Oh, my God. I, I almost fell off my chair.
0: Because <laughs> you're feeling this like almost human, right?
1: It, it, it was literally felt like almost human. I received the name in order so that I could connect with the right person that was in there. And how many people do we have in our homes that have rescued orangutans? I don't know. I, <laughs> I never knew that. You know, like yeah, you know? I don't know any personally. But <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, really? You're not making that up? She's like, no, I'm not making it up. Wow. You know, and that was, and that just goes to prove that. We, we minimize your intelligence.
0: We absolutely minimize animals intelligence. I think about this constantly. Why do we do that? Is that because we need to feel superior, but it's so obvious that some animals have almost like a childlike consciousness with their ability to respond to commands and do certain things. Why, why do we subjugate these animals?
1: I don't, and I wish we would stop. I don't know, and I wish we would stop because they are so connected to the spirit world. They are so connected to energy. If we allowed ourselves to trust our animals and listen to their warnings and listen to what they have to say, we would be better people.
0: You know, it really hurts me when I hear about animal abusers and and the things that neglect and the things that manifest in that way. I don't know how people can do it, but then people, you look at our food industry and, and and a big percentage of it is just decimating animal populations. Some of it's organic and, and, you know, farm raised and done ethically, but still, it's still very strange how we treat these lower. Con- they're not necessarily lower consciousness, right? Would but you they're say, not. That, would you say it's just they're a not. different consciousness, a different way of interfacing with this event de- dimension?
1: And I think it's because we limit ourselves. So we feel that they're they're a lower or a, or a different consciousness, but they're really a higher vibration than we are. I call animals our earth angels. They're here for a season, a reason, or a lifetime, and they're going to teach us something. They're going to teach us something. And and if we just if we listened to them, we would understand so much more of life. And we would see why things happen the way they do. And the people that are harming them and the people who are not caring for them the way we feel they should be, their souls aren't ignited. You know, if you look into the eyes of a person, you could see their soul and you could see that these people do not have their souls ignited.
0: There's a lack of love.
1: There's a lack of love. There's a lack of empathy. There's just a lack of that soul being there. It's, it's just it's shut down. There's no ignition.
0: So when animals go to the other side, are they in a similar situation that a human might be in when they're going to the other side? Is there a light? Is there an afterlife? Are we interacting? Can they speak English now? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: (laughs) Well, we don't even speak on the other side. So if you came to me, I've, I've had people sit with me whose relatives speak Russian. I don't speak Russian. You know, so the communication is very different. You know, it's not language. It's not spoken word. You know, when we have spoken word within trans mediumship, they're using my voice box. Right. You know, so it's not, not, you know, so it's different. So for the animals, the same thing. When they transition over, yes, they have white light. The white light, I believe, through my experience, is to clear us of all of our negative emotions, our illnesses, our fears. So the white light is more for me a cleansing so that when we go to the other side, we could see our purity and see who we truly are. And you know what? Sometimes we get to the other side and animal might say, you know what? I want to um, stay with my, my person that's here and help them. Or they might say, I want to evolve more and learn more. Or they might say, I want to work in the hospital. I believe that there's seven worlds within worlds and they all have different jobs for different people you know, or different animals, you know, what was your purpose? Were you an animal that attacked people? Why? You know, did you have rabies? Were you rabid? Why were you exposed to that? So there's, there's, we could go on forever and ever what happens afterwards, Sure. but they have a very similar life experience that we do where decision time is made because they could see things clearly and what their purpose is.
0: I mean, do you think that there's a time where as humans, we will evolve past eating animals and and eating animal flesh to survive?
1: I think so, because it's not necessary for us. And people say, oh, well, it's part of the ecosystem. You know, we have to balance things out. No, because we have carnivores. You know, lions are never going to go and say, you know what? I don't want to eat meat anymore. I need a plant. You know, it's not going to happen. Right. You know, so so I think for us, it's going to take a very, very long time. I don't think it's going to be, unfortunately, in my lifetime or your lifetime, but I think that it will change. I think that people are going to see that there's a lot of um, illness brought into our bodies through what we eat and, and notice that the treatment of the animal before they enter our body, you know, the exposure that they have, we're actually taking in that energy. Right, And that's causing illness and sickness and stuff
0: like that. It's it's really sad how a lot of these animals are being treated. And it's really strange that we acknowledge they have some form of consciousness, yet we still choose to, you know, kill them and eat them. <laughs> For yeah. lack of a better term, it's a very strange yeah. planet. We'll get past it at some point. But on the other side, are the pets fully developed consciousnesses where they not with language, but can you interface with them in a way where they would seem like a complete being versus like your pet?
1: Well, we would know they weren't a a human being because they're a different form. We're not the only thing, you know, so we would know that we would acknowledge them as they're presenting ourselves themselves to us as they're our dog, let's say. So we would see that, but we would have communication and, and connection of that unconditional love being understood now. So where we have connection with our animals now, there's still that, that sense of not really understanding certain things. Do they really get what I mean? When they feel sick, do I understand it? Am I connecting with it? On the other side, there's a clear understanding. There's no blocks.
0: Right. You're not just wondering, hey, does the cat understand that this yeah. certain thing? No, They're, they're you're interfacing. The energy is going back and forth. The communication is complete.
1: The cat will look at you and say, yes, I did think you were an idiot. <laughs> you, were.
0: <laughs> you remember that time you did that ridiculous thing? I thought that was ridiculous, actually.
1: <laughs> That's the way cats are. Cats are very straightforward. They're very, let me tell you like it is, while dogs are more like, oh, let's cuddle and play because I love you so much. Cats are like, I'll let you touch me for five minutes. And when I'm done, either let go or I'm going to scratch you. <laughs> yeah. When I'm
0: done. Preference on the cat. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we... Have you on this episode today? We're so glad to have you on. Thank you so much. You know, I have a feeling yep. you'll be on again in the future. We're growing this podcast. We have incredible guests. We'll have more incredible guests. They'll come back on. It's an amazing thing. We're here to talk about what's coming in 2021. We want to have an idea of what to prepare for in the future, and just kind of uh, a glimpse of what what may be on the horizon. So what do you think? I guess we could dive into that. What do you think? Where are we going in 2021? What do you think humanity, where are we charted to go? Are we moving in a place where there's going to be something really terrible coming or something really positive?
1: You know, I'm going to take out the word really from both sides because those are such extremes. Okay. I think we're going to have two groups of people. We're going to have a group of people that are like, you know, um, I don't really care. Um, you know, this is all nonsense. And they're just going to be very self-centered and into themselves. And then we're going to have a nice group of people. And I think this is really important. We're going to have a nice group of people who are going to be awakened to the afterlife and spirituality and change their beliefs. And what I mean by that is they're going to start to think twice about decisions that they're making in life. What am I doing for this earth? How am I going to change it for my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren? Which right now they're not thinking that way. And that's what we have to focus on. So the people who are already aware and ignited and want to change and want to help change, we have to continue that through education. And when somebody comes to us and says, well, why do you feel we should do this, educate them because they're actually starting to break down their walls and their fears and open up a little bit at a time.
0: So are these these like the younger generation, the new souls that have manifested in the last 20, 25 years or so? Or do you think it's a collective human experience where as people kind of are getting new information, they're becoming more evolved?
1: I think it's collective. Okay. But I also feel that the 20 to 25 year olds are going to be the easy ones that are really going to make the difference. And, and I don't mean to put a lot of pressure on them, but I do feel like they're the ones who are going to change the work environment, the living environment, the communities, things like that. They're the ones who are going to say, "Okay, there's something wrong with what we're doing," and they're going to change things.
0: Is it because with they their have, voice? Is it because they have? A higher frequency? Are, are they a different type of human? Are they interfacing with this dimension in a way that's different than our predecessors? What makes them special?
1: I hesitate to put special on them. Sure. I'm going to put different <laughs> and awakened. Okay. I'm going to put different and awakened on them because... I do feel like there's just, if we look at the life experience of their parents when they were pregnant, their moms when they were pregnant, I feel like that was the beginning of the change of things for people. The beginning of, let me not eat this. Let me be a little bit more aware of that. Let me be a a little bit more conscious of what I'm putting into my body, not because of my body, but because of my child's body. And I feel like that changed those children's DNA and changed their frequency and changed what they're like and their vibration. And now they're finally evolving and awakening and seeing things. They're evolving at a later age though, I think. It, they evolve slower, but it's going to be deeper.
0: So you're feeling like they, because their parents had different habits and they had different behaviors that you would perceive as more spiritual and more conscious, that changed them It changed their frequency of being you're saying even as physical as DNA, but at the very least it changed their frequency of being. And now they're here in a different way, trying to change things from their new perspective, but that doesn't discount people that are older. I'm 42. No, 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 I don't want to. So then, so those, those, that niche of people, the 20, 25, 30, they're operating in a different frequency. However, it seems like collectively, like you were saying, there is this new energy that's helping people evolve coming in.
1: And, you know, what's sad. I mean, we're going to have to talk about it anyway. Sure. You know, it's I think that the whole covid awakening, I think that there's never been a time for many years. There has not been a time in history where, where I can say everyone I walk past has experienced some sort of trauma in the past year. If only one, they're lucky. Whether it's job loss, loss of a loved one, loss of a home, what everyone that I walk past has experienced some sort of trauma, and I think that that has awakened us. I think it has changed us. I think it has um, scared us. Sometimes fear has to come in. Sure. You know, when they say fear, you don't know, forget everything in one. No, that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> you no, know, we're not going to do that with fear. We have to change. So I think the older people are the ones where reality has really kicked them in the back side. And now they're saying, well, what can we do to change?
0: I think they had a little bit more programming though. That's what makes it harder because they had decades more of programming that they have to undo Absolutely. and they have to, undo. in order to get to the same point as, you know, the 20 to 25 year old people that are born into it. We had all this extra programming. If you're 60, if you're 80, you had that much more programming that you have to have to undo from a world that seems to be shifting and changing it and, and not necessarily deteriorating, but mutating.
1: Mutating. That's a great way of putting it. Yes, it's a mutation and we need it and we need to embrace it and we need to be OK with it. That's the other part. Everybody's so scared of change. They're so scared of what is going to be different. They'd rather sit in their sorrow and their fear and their misery because they don't know any different.
0: Is it because they're so, not connected to their spirit, or what? What is it that holds them yeah, back? It's be,
1: yeah, it's because they're not connected. It's because they're not trusting their spirit. You know, they're not trusting what they're receiving. You know, they're so in their comfort zone. Change is scary. Sometimes we get in our comfort zone. We'd rather be scared or or stay with what we know because we always think to ourselves, well, "What if?" How many times do we ask that question? Well, what if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? I always tell people, well, what if it does? How about we change that? <laughs> we need to stop saying, well, what if, it, right? You know, let's change it. What if What if um, masks don't work? Well, what if they do? Right. Me wearing a mask doesn't hurt anyone. Right. And it makes people comfortable right now. Danger.
0: Yeah, it makes people comfortable and it's probably stopping other illnesses like colds and stuff that would normally spread.
1: That's and right. you know what? I don't have to wear lipstick for my face down, and nobody would know. You know. I'm sorry. You're beautiful
0: regardless. Uh, you're, you're fine. <laughs>
1: oh, thank you. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't
0: have to shave. You know, like, nobody knows. <laughs> I'm in Oregon. Nobody we don't it. shave here. It's uh, it's illegal. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, it's there's a crisis and opportunity. You know, for some people, it's crisis, but. It's also that same energy of opportunity. How can we change? How can we do better? What, what are we learning from being in solitude in this strange COVID time? You know, it, it, it's, there's so much reconnecting that we're doing. I've been reconnecting more with my family sure. because we're at home. My kids are doing Zoom school. You know, we're, I, we're, we're, they're at my office all day while they're doing Zoom school and I'm working on the podcast. It's amazing. You know, this at the time where they would normally be at school. It's just different yeah. energy. You know, it's different energy. It's strengthening the family, which I think is a very good thing.
1: It and it's also reconnecting with ourselves. How many times does somebody stop and sit down in one place and really think about, you know, what's important to them, what makes them feel good, what what makes me laugh. You you, you know, like we. I think we're also connecting with ourselves. We've. Lost, I think generationally especially people my age without saying my age but we're going to say you know in their 40s <laughs> people my age um i think we've completely disconnected with ourselves we've lost who we really are and i think that this has forced us to sit down and say you know what who am i you know i'm not that person at the desk that make sure that their papers are written grammatically correct. I hate English, just so you know, I'm terrible. <laughs> you know, terrible at English. But I'm just that. that's not who we are. So I think it forced us to really find out, like, who are we with all the hats that we wear? Who am I as a psychic, as a medium, as an animal communicator? Who am I as a teacher, a mother, a sister? You know, we wear a lot of different hats and we lost that connection of who we
0: are. Yeah, with the just the momentum of life. You know, we're able to slow down and, and say what, and also like you were saying, what is important to me as a person? Like what is truly important, not superficial important, but like what's really meaningfully important to me that I think a lot of people have taken stock in that. So, you know, springboarding off what you're saying, what do you feel about COVID in 2021? Do you feel like it's going to continue on through the year? Do you feel like there's going to be a peak at a certain point? What do you feel intuitively? I do feel
1: that we're going to get a break and i'm going to use it as a break where people are going to start to get careless again and then we're going to have to be very careful so i do feel like there is going to be a second wind of covid i feel like it's going to be a different strain um not the one that they're talking about in england now I think it's going to be even different even mutated from that i don't think that it's going to be as um as deadly, and I hate to use that word, but as deadly I'm going to use. Um, But I do feel like we as humans are going to get a little bit careless when things start to slow down. A lot careless. Let me say that that way. We're going to get careless and we're going to start to take advantage of opportunities and really need another quick rude awakening that won't last as long as it does now. I'm worried about the month of April, I have to say.
0: I really am. So do you think that's when people get a little... Uh, laxadaisical around February, March, and then by April, there'll be a big spike. Is it because people just want to get back to normal so bad? It's not like they want to be lazy or or they're being discounting or not taking it seriously. They just want to get back to how things were so bad that they're, you know, really the momentum's going that way for them.
1: And I think it's also because people are going to start to believe in what they're hearing. I, I don't watch TV on the tv we're going to start hearing oh my god this is great this is wonderful this is happening that's happening and people are going to start to believe it because they want to because that's their hope and we have to stop listening to what we're receiving from the tv and start listening to what we're receiving from spirit or our guides or our people on the other side start listening to them listen to your intuition listen to that
0: it's far more valuable. You know,
1: It's so much more valid. And I would tell people, like, you're receiving information now. We all have free will. We could shift this. We could change this. We could stop this from happening. You know, but it's a matter of building awareness because I am very concerned.
0: So you see around April, there could be another spike and then it'll back off a little bit again because then people will get that, like you said, the wake up call. But do you see it going on for an excessive amount of time? Is it something we're going to? Integrate as humans and maybe get past what are your feelings on the I think long we're gonna term get okay
1: i don't feel it's long term i feel like we're going to get past it i feel like we really are i feel like it's going to be one of those things that like you know we're going to talk about remember 2020 and covid you know and we're going to say i can't believe that that was this many years ago two years ago one year ago you know and and we I can't believe that we went through that i think that's going to be our story it's not going to be we're still going through this I do see an end to this. I do. Thank God. And I see change for it. And I see change because of it. Like it's been such a traumatic hit to the entire world. But I do see that there's going to be certain things for us in the world that we're going to have now that we wouldn't have if we didn't get hit so hard.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of paradigm shifting. People get in the habit of things and they do it for generations and generations, how they run business how people get to work, all these various things. And then when they're forced to shift their paradigm, they realize, oh, maybe there was a better way after all. Maybe we can do all this work from home and not have to drive to and from these places right. and use all this gas and electricity and all these various things. You know, there's there's new ways. We're learning from this. There's so much. It's unfortunate the loss and the death. Of course, we never want to minimize that. But there is some good that's coming out of this very strange Very strange situation.
1: And that's the thing. We have to look at what's placed in front of us and say, okay, what's the lesson here? Whether it's worldwide lesson, individual lesson, community lesson, what's the lesson here? Because there's always a lesson in everything. And and that right there is like saying like, wow, you know, my kids, they're in school at home too and I don't realize I'm teaching, and my kids, will their teachers will ask a question as I'm teaching, I'll yell out the answer. You know, and my kids are laughing, and I don't realize it. We wouldn't have had that experience. We wouldn't have had that laughter of, my daughter's teacher said to her, you know, Kira, you just took a test and you got a zero. And she goes, I got a zero? He goes, yeah, maybe your mom should have given you the answers. But it was a joke. She really got a hundred on her test, but it was like, what, now we have these little memories. Right. These things that usually I'm at the high school teaching, they're at their school teaching. I'm flying home to pick them up, to get them home, to make dinner, to get homework done. I don't have that.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, was was the world getting boring? Did we have to bring in new writers? Was the season getting dull, and we needed new writers to come in to kind of flip things up a little bit? And now everybody's excited. <laughs> like, man, this show is hot now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who's going to play me. (laughs) Hey, you're doing a great job. Actually, nobody can do a better job playing you than you. You're doing great. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So, okay, let's, I'm not a huge politics person, but it is a facet of American life. And people that are not in America, you're very lucky. You don't have to deal with American politics, but we have to Mm -hmm. here in America. What does it look like for 2021? They're still deciding the presidential situation. There's still a lot of, tumultuousness a lot of activity what is it looking like politically
1: you know I, I hate politics too I, yeah, I absolutely have oof. to say that it's just it's such a big deal and every time like you just asking that question I feel like and this is nothing towards you of course but I think somebody hit me in the gut that's what I feel like I know I'm sorry I, <laughs> no yeah but it, but I think my other thing that I Feel you know, and I don't like to say this, but I'm going to share with you is that I feel like we're going to have Biden in the White House, but I don't know how long. Oh, man. So I have to say that. So that's my gut feeling is he's going to be there, but I don't know how long.
0: So are you feeling I, death uh, of old age, natural causes, uh, he, resign resigning, something like that? Or what are you feeling?
1: I feel, I, and I don't like to say this, but I feel death. I do, oh and I'm God. not wishing this on anybody. Oh, no, of course never would. I and and you know, death also is is major change. You, you know, death is also major change. So I could be interpreting it incorrectly, but I do feel like we're going to be put into a situation that will benefit us as Americans because we will see again how strong we are. Because we're broken right now. And I hate to say that. Whoever's not in America, we're broken right now. We've forgotten what it's like to be Americans. We've forgotten what it's like to be a unity and to be, you know, to be one and and have that faith in our country. We've forgotten that.
0: And loving each other no matter what.
1: Yeah. Like, it's okay if you're, you know, a Trump supporter. Sorry to say that. You know, like, you know, it's okay if you are and I'm not. Like, why can't we be that way? Right. You know, we're broken. We're really broken. And I feel like politically we have to be broken even more. You know, and it reminds me of like the I I believe it's in China when you break a piece of of, of, when you break a piece of China, they don't throw away the broken pieces. They put them together using gold. So you have this piece of let's say a, a cup, a teacup. That it was broken, but it's put together with this beautiful gold design on it because all the broken pieces was put together through that gold. And I think that's what we need as Americans. I think we're going to break a little bit more, but we need someone to step forward and start putting us together so we could be beautiful again because we've lost our beauty.
0: So once we and regain policy, that beauty, I mean, do you think we'll be beacons of light and hope in the future? What, what What's the future look like for America as a country?
1: I think it's gonna take a couple of years. I really do. I think it's gonna take about three more years and then we're gonna start to see hope again and start to see, you know, camaraderie again and love again, because we've lost that. We've really lost it and it's so sad. There's a lot of conflict right now. A lot of conflict, a lot of sadness, a lot of, you know, it's very difficult for me to be raised as a minority never experiencing prejudice because my parents sheltered me so much and to see what happens and and to be hit in the face with it really hurt it stung. you know it's america we shouldn't have this here right you know and for it to be so blatant so i think that we're gonna have a big shift i think it's going to be something that rocks our country in a way that we have to change we have to make things better
0: So we still have have a big leadership role in the world as things develop, you feel like.
1: I do. I do. I do think we do. And I think that what's going to happen is we're going to have a huge leadership role in acceptance, in saying, look at where we were and look at where we're headed now. Follow us. See what we've done for our country. We are stronger now because of the changes that we've
0: made. (laughs) You know, while others, you know, that's, but we need to do it. Dude, what a hopeful message. That is absolutely <laughs> incredible. I just have to say, I mean, that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people doing doom and gloom right now, and Natalie's not doing that. You're doing love, light, and hope. And America is a really cool place. For people around the world, your countries are also cool. We love you equally. America is an interesting place because it was a place for everybody to get together from all over the world and just be this thing called American, this oneness under uh, of Americans. And where it didn't necessarily, it's not like your culture and your old world ways were discounted. It it was just incorporated into this new thing, which was American. And somehow Mm -hmm. this ugliness came out of it and all that good. There's racism and cultural divides, but we can get past that. And once we get past that, then we'll be like, you're saying that, that beacon of love and light.
1: And we will get past it. We will.
0: Oh, man, that's amazing. People
1: are going to be awakened. People are going to see. We always joke around when you sit at my Thanksgiving table. It's like you're meeting with the United Nations because that's the way America is supposed to be. You have a Puerto Rican. You have an Indian. You have a Japanese. You have, you know, Caucasian, um, Italian, Irish. They're all my family. They're my children. They're my cousins. They're me, you know, and that's what America is.
0: Right. And
1: that's what we need again.
0: You know, I was discussing with the uh, visionary artist, Alex Gray, about how America could be the template of where we want the United World to be, where, like you said, we're just all at the table together. Because at some point in human history, we invented the concept of race. I feel like at some point we were just humans together on Earth. We had different complexions. We had different features. Whatever, but we were just humans. But somehow we decided that because you were this way, that meant this. And because you were this way, okay. that meant that. But so, there was some time in our history, I know it, I feel it, somewhere back there, we were just humans and we were in love with each other. And it was just so amazing. Before ego got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, I, I, you know, it's you read Terrence McGenna books and he talks about how the dominator culture, how because Certain cultures abused alcohol that they then became dominator cultures, which is what created this whole paradigm that we're in right now. Just very interesting. So let's talk about, do you feel anything in the realm of extraterrestrials? You know, every year there's more and more disclosure. There's UFO footage being released by the government that's created by the government. NASA footage. Um, do you see any sort of new information or awakening in the realm of extraterrestrial life?
1: I don't see them coming here and really joining with us. I do believe in extraterrestrial life. I do believe that there are other life forms out there. I just don't think that they really, this is terrible to say. I'm going to say it in very simple form. I don't <laughs> think they have people for us. I really don't. I think they look at us and they say, look at how much destruction they're doing to one another. I I really think that they're evolved farther than us and look at us and go, wow, that was us millions of years ago. They still have a long way to go.
0: Yeah. I kind of agree because, you know, we, I, I often say we're at the halfway point between Caveman and Star Trek. but Yeah. But they, in order to get to that next level of technology where those extraterrestrial beings are at you almost have to resonate with love more. So you would hope that they, even though they're like, whoa, like when they look down at us, there's still that love there where they're like, well, they'll get to where we're at eventually.
1: Oh, I agree. I think that they think that we'll get there. I think that it's kind of, this sounds terrible too. It's kind of entertaining (laughs) for them, you know, like, Oh, look at this. This is entertaining. Look at that. Look at that one doing that. Like they love their iPhone 12. have we had that, you know, I'm exaggerating now, but you know, but but I think that's the way they feel. I think they're more involved with like the brain, with the body and what you know, we're just a capsule. We limit ourselves to what we have here. I think they're more expansive. They know what they can do outside of their body. We don't yet.
0: Yes, that is what uh channeler Janice Carey said about the Pleiadians. She said the exact same thing about the what you're saying. They they can operate within their body or without their body, they're not as bound to the third dimensional matter as we are. And that's the next stage of evolution. But do you see any sort of revealing or any sort of influence happening in 2021? I do not. Okay. Well, a lot of people said 2020 was going to be the year and we're creeping up on the end of the year, and there's nothing yet. So, you know, fingers crossed. We'll just keep hoping yeah, yeah, that uh, disclosure comes. Have you had any experiences with extraterrestrials in your life? Or, or uh, no? Okay. I and
1: I can. Say, and the reason I live in Rockland County, in New York, and if you ever look up Rockland County, New York, it's one of what they say the most active areas. I may talk to the dead. I may experience paranormal stuff. There are certain things I'm just not ready for. And I'm not ready to experience the extraterrestrials. And I think that they know that. <laughs> well,
0: why is <laughs> that? Like, Let's leave her alone. Why is Let's that? Is it, is it nervousness or what is your apprehension? I, I think it's, it's too
1: real for me. I think if I were to experience that, then that would open up a whole new dimension for me that I would have to explore and and look into, and I'm just not emotionally ready for that.
0: What do you think would make you emotionally ready?
1: Nothing right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well maybe five, ten years down the road. But what would it do to human consciousness? Let's say alien ship shows up right now. You look out your window. Holy cow, there it is, no denying it. What would that do to human consciousness?
1: I think it would completely shift and change it. And I think it would be both extremes. Either people would completely regress and shut down, or they would open up even more rapid than what they were naturally opening up. Oh, I think man. it would be both.
0: So people would just be so terrified. They'd be like, it'd be so out of their frame of reference that they would just crumple psychically almost. Mm-hmm. But then there'd be mm-hmm. the people that would just open up and blossom and then...
1: And, and, and be like, wow, this is what I've been waiting for. You know, like like that acknowledgement of like a deja vu in a way, you know, like where you go somewhere and you're like, wow, this really looks familiar. And you just feel comfortable somewhere. It would be a comfort zone for them.
0: Do you feel extraterrestrial contact? Do you feel that's on the horizon in five to 10 years? Is is that something that's coming soon-ish?
1: I don't think it's soonish. I would say more. I really don't think it's five to 10 years. I keep seeing like 25. I still think we have a lot more work to do. Yeah. I really, Do I feel that like they're going to be here acknowledging, studying, seeing? Yes. But are we going to be aware of what their involvement is? Not for another 20 to 25 years.
0: They don't want billboards in space.
1: Not, they, not yet. <laughs> I don't think, you know,
0: we got to get past that first. They don't want us hurting each other you know out there they don't want us hurting anybody else and at some point we'll get past all this and they'll let us out it's going to be an incredible development you're saying 25 years we're both going to be around in 25 years i'm going to be talking to you in 25 years and we're going to be (laughs) revisiting this because it could be sooner you know you never know yeah you never, never know so have you had any experiences with demons or negative entities. We had exorcists, one of the world's leading exorcists on Archbishop James Cloud. Uh, I was wondering if maybe you had any experience with that.
1: I have. Um I did not have a good relationship with my grandmother and after she died I had an experience um with it with negative um what I felt actually was the devil asking me to come with him and join him. And what I didn't realize as as I was probably around 19 when she passed. I thought it was her sending the devil to me. But what I didn't realize, was it was my my fear, my anger, my frustration um, really brought me to a dark place and attracted the, the dark energy that was around. So I kind of attracted on my own what this was. And it was very scary for me. How did you it get really rid of it? Prayer. It took a lot of prayer.
0: When did you feel like it was, when did you feel like it was gone and what was an indicator of it leaving?
1: Gosh, it took a long time and it was, it was a big struggle because it was the struggle between is this a dark, I'm going to call it a dark entity because I'm not going to say it was demonic. I'm going to say it was a dark entity that was with me. Um, is it that, or is it my mental health? Because I was not evolved yet. I was not understanding what was happening, and I had to turn to prayer. And what it was was when I surrendered to my prayer in believing that I it was not me, and believing that I would be protected, and believing that I was going to be okay. That's when it was like all of a sudden, boom, just gone. It was like somebody took. Filled my lungs up with oxygen again,
0: and I could breathe on my own. Wow! You know, a person that self-exercises their demons is considered a shaman.
1: I definitely would not consider myself a shaman. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely would not. Well, you're Um,
0: you're engaged in shamanic behavior. How about that?
1: Well, we could do we could say that. (laughs) I I really I admire shamans and what they do. And I think for me, I think that I just have these guardian angels for some reason that just believe in me when I can.
0: It seems like you you have a beautiful soul. You probably did some amazing things prior to this life and probably three lives back. So they're with you, still helping you be that incredible person that you were then and you still are now.
1: Thank you. No, I'm (laughs) blessed with that. I'm really blessed with that because let me tell you, I, I... I rarely speak about that experience and um, it taught me a lot.
0: That there is something bigger. Those entities exist There's, and you have personal power and there's something listening to you as well that you can interface yep. with.
1: And you have to just ask, you know, you have to be open, willing, believe and ask and say, I need help. Can you help me? They're not going to help you unless you ask. Because we have free will. And it was one of those things that I had to ask. And I had to surrender and be okay with what they would offer.
0: It's very powerful. It's very powerful information. I hope it helps people. When they hear this, they know that they're having, if you're having a similar experience. I mean, we've talked to three or four different people now that have had a similar story to Natalie's. If you're hearing this and you're feeling you're experiencing these things, it's all valid. We're here to tell you it's 100% valid.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and I also had to let go of the being raised Catholic. You know, like I had to let go of that at, at 19. You know, and I had to use my prayers that fit me for my beliefs, not right. the prayers that instilled in me and told me I had to do. You know, that's the other thing. So when people that are listening now, if they're having this experience and they're not connecting with the prayer, write your own prayer. Say your own prayer. Feel your own prayer because it's it's a prayer. That's what it is. And it comes from your soul. So it doesn't have to be a prayer from the religion that you were given when, when you were
0: raised. Just something that you design, that's your dialogue, your interface with the divine. It's just as right. valid as anything that somebody scripted five or 600 years ago. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Because when they scripted this stuff five or six hundred years ago, they, they scripted it from a place of fear. They wanted to put fear in people to get you to do things.
0: Right. You, you
1: know, my, my God or my divine people don't say that, you know, if you're gay, you're going to hell. You know, that's just not existent. I, right. I have not met any anybody who I've communicated with on the other side that says, oh, my gosh, Natalie, I was a homosexual and I'm in hell now. <laughs> I have not
0: experienced that. It doesn't seem very, uh, you know, with the, it doesn't seem compatible with the infinite love of the no, divine. No, exactly. 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 It's pretty funny to think about. It's like, oh, you're, uh, you, you know, you raised an orphanage, you, uh, saved all these people from a fire, but, uh, I'm sorry, you're gay. You're going to hell. Oh! Exactly.
1: You know, like, yeah, you know, come on. It's my thing, you know? So, uh, you know,
0: I don't think, I don't think the divine really cares who you sleep with in your loving connecting way. It's so much more beyond this. Love is so much more beyond the physical experience. So it's just hard. We're humans. But like you said, that was scripted 500, 600 years ago to instill fear and had a purpose. Then maybe we were made way more wild and rowdy back then. Maybe we needed that level, that level of firmness.
1: Yeah. We we needed, we needed to be, reined in and scared because I think we were out of control. There were no boundaries, you know, Um, but I think it's very different now. And I, and I really wish that, you know, these different religious communities would come together and change for today's day to be more open and to really allow anyone to join. It hurts. It
0: hurts when you think about some of the modern religions and how they oppress homosexuals. We love homosexuals on the show. Um, and they also oppress women, the women, women the mother of our heart. species, the, we, we were nothing without <laughs> women. We're literally lost without <laughs> Like you. we can't even, I mean, I mean, ask my wife, she'll tell you all about it. Like I'm totally lost without <laughs> women. But I'm seriously though, there's no reason that anybody should live in oppression or subjugation, especially under the guise of religion at this stage in our development. This is what we have to move past.
1: Absolutely. And we would grow so much if we just accepted and opened up and, and allowed them to be our teachers too. You know, allowed us to see the love that they have and experience the love that they have, whether you're a woman, whether you're a minority, whether you're a homosexual or, or whatever whatever it is that you are. Um, we could learn love through their, their eyes and their points of view. I don't know what it's like to be, you know, an African American. I don't know what it's like. I could only do that or only listen to what they could share with me. You know, I I don't know what that's like. So I think if we opened ourselves up to everybody's differences and changes and accepted, I mean, we would learn so much. We would grow so much.
0: Well, we're getting there. That is the United earth. I feel I've talked to a few intuitive people. Tell me if you feel the same way as a species, our collective destiny is a heaven on earth scenario where we all are living united with the technology with the love with everyone together in a place without conflict. Do you see that on the horizon far in the future? Now, maybe not like 20 years, but maybe like 50 to 100?
1: Um I see us moving towards there. I don't see us achieving that 100%. I think that what what my belief is is that we will always have some kind of conflict. Um, we will always have something because we are still in this human form evolving. Okay. I don't think that we will reach that, that full consciousness, that full acceptance. I don't think we will because in our existence, we just dissipate. We wouldn't need to be human anymore.
0: Interesting. You know? So that's part of the human experience is the conflict. Right?
1: It's the, you can't have good without bad, You know, you can't have it up without a down or a front without a back. We, right. we need that balance.
0: There is, that that is very interesting. I do want to ask you, you know, we're, we're going so fast. We're already at an hour and seven. I, I really appreciate you being on the show, but I want to get a couple more predictions out of you. Tell me what you think about cryptocurrency, you know, cryptocurrency, oh. Bitcoin, Ripple, Ethereum, Theta's blowing up right now. There's a bunch of different cryptocurrencies out there. Is our monetary syf- system going to shift away from paper currency into this cryptocurrency? What do you th- see in the future as far as cryptocurrencies and, and humanity?
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt, we are going to shift into that. Okay. And it's going to make life so much easier for so many, you know, without a doubt. You know, we're going to see that it's, you know, trade is going to be much easier. You know, negotiations are going to be much easier just because of this cryptocurrency. It's going to change. It's Mm -hmm. going to change also more. I I feel like that's going to be a rapid change. I see within the next five years, we're going to see a huge shift in that. Um. And I I think to myself, like, you know, take a hundred dollar bill and put it in a frame right now and pack it away so that your great grandchildren can be like, oh, my God, look at this. This is what a bill used to look like, because I feel like it's really going to change and shift.
0: Wow. Is there any uh, cryptocurrencies that you recommend specifically that you're feeling might be better than the other? Bitcoin I know is the main one, but there's other smaller ones. Is there anyone that you feel a pull towards?
1: Is it pronounced Ethereum? Ether- Ethereum, the
0: we- Ethereum. There's different pronounce- pronunciations.
1: That one I'm pulled more towards than the Bitcoin. Okay. Um, but I, I think that there's going to be a the few variations that are out there are going to continue for a while. So that's going to continue. But I feel like it's definitely going to be a big change and a big shift.
0: Oh, wow. Well, inve- I... We're not professionals. We can't give you legal professional advice, but our suggestions, hey, take, I've been suggesting to people, take $300 a month, go to Coinbase, have a reoccurring transaction. You're not spending the money. It's just becoming an asset. And then watch what happens in five to 10 years. It could be worth a lot more. I've personally made a lot of money off cryptocurrency just buying in early. And it's still at the very beginning. There's a new world Coming Now, there's some people that feel that there's like a subjugation of humanity coming where the technological elite will take control of the resources of the earth and then kind of subjugate the masses. Is that something that you felt? Do you feel any sort of like technological kind of takeover happening on human consciousness or anything of that sort?
1: No, I don't. I don't.
0: Well, thank God. You know, I
1: think there's going to be talk about it. I think there's going to be fear put out there about that. But I think that if we sit back and we think about how we are as humans and, our, and when we work on our consciousness, we're so much further ahead than what the technology can be if we just allow. So we're just too aware and too connected to allow ourselves to be you know, subject to that. I really don't think so. So the power really of the human don't.
0: mind, the collective power of clusters of human would overpower anything that was trying to mm-hmm. t- take us over. Because we're all rooted in the divine, it's all happening within God anyway. So it's not like right. you could do something of that nature. I've always thought the same way, but some so many people are caught up in that thinking, and we just want to get people away from that thinking.
1: That's the thing. We don't want to give the energy to that. You know, we don't want to. We want to embrace what's going to help us evolve, but we want to also stay conscious of what we need. You know, what we're evolving in personally. You know, focus on what our community needs and not worry about the technology that's out there. Because you know what? They used to say that, you know, for for years, they said they would have, you know, organs growing on mice. And I can't stand animal testing, but organs growing on mice, so we didn't need Mm -hmm. organ transplants. But that still hasn't happened.
0: That was 20 years ago. Because
1: things slow down. Yeah. Because things slow down. Because when we get in our own way that could be destructive, the divine will interfere to make sure that we don't lose where we are or where our path is.
0: Ah, thank God for the divine, huh? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Ah, well, I mean, you know, we're creeping up on the 115 mark. Is there anything? Any big predictions for 2021? Is there any major feeling that you have that you want to leave people with, that you want people to know about the coming year?
1: I think that there is going to be a worldwide change with leadership. And I know I spoke about the United States, but I do feel like there is going to be a shift, um, and I want to say North Korea, Okay. which I know is going to shock people. But I feel like there's going to be a big change in leadership um, that's going to really be like, a wow, we didn't see that coming kind of thing.
0: Almost like North Korea becomes a democracy. Mm -hmm. Something of that Mm -hmm. effect. Wow.
1: Like like a rude awakening. Like, where did this come from? How did this happen? Kind of thing. But something that's going to, I I want people to know that as they're listening, it's something that's going to benefit us worldwide. So, I feel like it's going to be a positive shift and change, something that we've been waiting for, that other countries will follow because they will start to see and open up. Because we need it's that time now, it's that time for change, it's that time for shifts. You know, it's, it's, it's time.
0: It really is. And the messages that we're leaving people right now on this podcast are incredibly positive. This is all hopeful information. Hearing Natalie speak, hearing us have this conversation, I hope you realize how bright our future is as humans, how much growth we still have to accomplish, how many more triumphs are on the horizon. It's all out there. It's coming. But we do have to burn some things off. We have to go through some birthing pains. But then when we do, what an incredible world we're going to be living in. So if someone wants to get a reading from you directly, what's the easiest way for someone to find you? Are you doing Zoom readings um, right now?
1: By- yeah, I'm doing readings. I do readings online. Um, I know I get asked all the time, but being in New York in person isn't happening right now. Right. Um but, you know, I they can find me on natalieluciamedium.com is my website.
0: natalieluciamedium.com, uh, uh, everyone. natalieluciamedium.com. Yeah.
1: And I always go through natalieluciamedium. So you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram. And my kids put me on Twitter and Snapchat, but I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> Hey, we're still figuring that out. I've got Instagram down. I I feel like Instagram is pretty helpful. Once you start adding two or three social media things in there, it gets a little confusing. You're like juggling all these contacts.
1: Yeah, I have the Instagram down too. And they're like, no, no, mom, you need Twitter. I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? You know, like, you
0: know. So you can get personal readings. um, If someone wants to connect with a deceased one, a deceased loved one, they can do that.
1: Absolutely. And also pets, right? Yep. And that your pets could be living or past. Okay. You know, so they don't have to be deceased. Um and the same thing and and psychic readings. In a psychic reading, uh, you could I can just go through everything with you, or you could have specific areas that you want me to look in. The only thing I do for psychic readings is before you come to me, I just say to you, do you want to know everything? You know, and I don't predict death. I tell people this all the time. I have, I don't do that. When I'm sitting down with someone, I don't want to know whether it's a person or an animal when you're going to pass, because you know what? That could drop something into your mind that I misinterpret that's not fair. You know, they did a study many years ago of the doctors that would tell people that they're dying of cancer and they have six months to live. And to the date of that six month, those people would die.
0: They put it in their consciousness that they were going to die on that date.
1: They put it in their consciousness. That's, so that's what, happened, what happened.
0: That's what happened to David Bowie, the very famous singer. David oh. Bowie. He went to a psychic, and he said, "What day am I going to die?" And she said, "Well, you're going to die on this specific day." And it was the day. And he told his friend, you know, his friend, you know, and so he's preparing his whole life. He's like, "Okay, I'm going to yeah. die on this day." And he died on that day.
1: And what he doesn't realize is the day he asked that question to that psychic is the actual day he died because he stopped living.
0: Right. That was his murder sentence. He set he set him or suicide. He set himself up for his own suicide at that point. Yep. It's, it's yep. At, it, it was 30 years or so, 20 to 30 years before he died, but it still got impregnated into his consciousness and never left. So he just kind of, his, his being wrote that around that idea. Yeah.
1: And it's that fear and that manifestation. I will never do that to someone. No. Never.
0: Well, I just want to thank you for being on the podcast. I have a feeling it's so generous of you to give your time. I have a feeling you're going to be back. We're going to do more predictions. uh, We're going to talk to the deceased loved ones. We're having fun. It's been a great conversation.
1: It has been great. Thank you so much for having
0: me. And I'm going to, I guess, tell everyone one more time to go to Natalie N A T. -T 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 A L I E, Natalie Lucia, L U C I A, Natalie Lucia Medium.com. You want to get a reading? You want to connect with a pet, living or dead? You want to co- connect with a deceased loved one? You can do all of those things. Just email Natalie. She's there for you. We have all this technology now. We can connect instantly around the world. She's here for you. Go to her website and schedule something. It's going to be an incredible experience for you. Natalie, hold on the line while I play the outro music. We'll talk a little bit more. Thank you for being on the podcast, and everyone, we'll see you next week. Midnight on Earth.